Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. This is the ultimate podcast for fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. My name is Brayden. I'm not alone here at the table talking today about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I got some amazing co-hosts with me. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Hey, it's Adam. What's up? It's Donnie. Summer Shandy. Summer Shandy is our dish of the day, joining us from virtual land, where he will remain until we have deemed him able to come back and join us here in real life. Until then, the dish of the day is going to be hiding out in our email inbox. So like I said, welcome to Rumham and Wild Cards, the ultimate podcast for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of the best shows of all time. We are creating the ultimate fan ranking, the ultimate list of episodes in order. We're going episode by episode talking about what makes this show great, what makes this show funny, maybe uh, what makes some episodes necessarily not so funny. Uh, we're talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, all the adventures the gang has gone on. That's a good reference. The good and bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars. Ah, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. A few dollars more. Grand Torino. Uh, uh, Billy, Billy the Kid, Bob White Earp. Uh, what else was Clint Eastwood in? Unfor- uh, he was in Unforgiven with Freeman. Morgan Freeman, who was also uh, in A Million Dollar Baby. Cowboys and Aliens was a, my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. He was not in that one. That was Harrison <laughs> Ford. <laughs> Anyways, before we got sidetracked there, like I said, we're going through a complete uh, list. Yeah, that's another Clint Eastwood classic. A complete list of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in order, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We are going to put some numbers to our argument, and uh, by the end of this episode, we're going to have this list among all the other episodes we've gone over. So we have many more episode reviews we've done. If this episode... Uh, tickles your fancy, go ahead and uh, head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where you can find all of our episodes and head over to rumham.transistor.fm where you can find all our social media links, uh, including uh, every other episode of Rumham and Wildcards that you can listen to, including our Jabroni Talks, where we just kind of hang out, talk a bit more about the show and have a good time. More on that later. Be sure to email us, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of your favorite episodes, least favorite episodes. We want to hear about it. At alwayssunnypod on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and send us some dank memes. And our subreddit, reddit.com r slash alwayssunnypod, where you can find the list of lists. Every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Also... Like I said uh, a couple episodes ago, we got stickers. So if you want a Ongo Galblogian Rum, Ham, and Wild Card sticker, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of that review. Send it on over to our Twitter or Instagram DMs, and we will hook you up with a super good-looking Ongo Galblogian Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards sticker. If someone gives us a one-star, if I give us a one-star review, can I still get a sticker? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we want to know the good and the bad and the ugly, as we've uh, previously established here. But uh, no, preferably five-star review for a five-star podcast. Five-star man. Rate you, rate me, I'll rate you. (laughs) Uh, Our listener of the episode shouts out to Connor. Connor and the Wildcard crew listening. 
uh, he asked when we were doing our YouTube channel. And this is a couple months ago now. I told him that we were going to do it. Um, so hopefully we're going to be getting that started here within the next couple weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Rumham Wildcards coming to a YouTube page near you. If this is your first time joining us, or maybe it's been a while, uh, the way this show works is we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the themes of the episode, talk a little bit about it uh, lightly, and then in the second half of this show, we are going to actually put some numbers to our argument, quantify uh, other fancy words, and uh, put this on a scale of one to ten. But there's a whole bunch of boring math that we'll take care of here. You just sit back, relax. Let's talk about season two, hundred dollar baby. Originally aired in 2006, July 13th. Directed by Dan Attius, a very popular director from basically every other episode that we've uh, reviewed so far. This episode, of course, written by Rob, Charlie, and Glenn. And uh, if it's been a while since you've seen it, what are you doing? Go ahead and watch the episode before you're listening to this. Come on. This is a, this is a walk, watch party. Out on the town after watching a movie together, the gang gets mugged. Empty your pockets. Now. Okay. Uh, hey, let's just all stay calm. Oh, ow, ow. Nice friends. Or uh, I should say D specifically gets mugged. Frank teaches D to fight, kind of. All right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take all the weight on your neck. Then... You're going to jam your legs down and hyperextend your ankles and then shoot back up and lock your knees in place. Not one of those things sounds right to me at all. Look, D goes into performance enhancing drugs naturally. And then uh, Mac and Dennis, Mac and Dennis teach Charlie how to take a beating, teach him the wonderful world of underground fight clubs. Look at all this money being thrown around. Dude, we got to get in on this. Oh, yeah. You know, really, I think it's about who can take the biggest beating. Yeah. You know who can take a really good beating? Charlie. Charlie. Mostly just by beating the tar out of him. So, lots of steroids going on in this episode. It's a good time. Uh, season two. Let's, let's talk about it here. This is going to be, I think, the one rare instance where the dish of the day is going to have the highest score out of all of us. I did not joy, enjoy this episode, uh, having rewatched it again. I I agree, and not to be not to totally trash this episode, but I did forget about it before, and honestly, after watching it, I might forget about it again. Um, not because it wasn't it wasn't you know a well made episode and all that. It just I didn't laugh that much. It wasn't it didn't you know it didn't pop out to me. It's very obvious that this uh, episode is supposed to be somewhat of a parody based off of. Uh, million Dollar Baby, which, full disclosure, no one here in this conversation has seen the movie, I believe. Has anyone here seen Million Dollar Baby? I haven't. I have not. Is that like Raging Bull? No. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one either. What about Rocky? No. Nope. Creed? Nope. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I've played that before. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em. Am I getting there? Am no. I getting there? You're no. actually getting further away, <laughs> some would argue. Uh, I'm no. not that's got to be the same. What was that boxing movie with Hugh Jackman and the robots in the future? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. With the, the that was basically yeah. Rock'em Sock'em yeah. Robots, the movie. But this this episode also um, spoofed uh, or referenced Fight Club. That was like the other um, other part of the the episode. 
I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I shouldn't yeah, we, be talking we, about, we this. about it. We don't talk about it. Did anyone here have a positive like reaction to this episode here? Yeah. Um, Charlie uh, is a great actor. Charlie Kelly. I'll go. Uh, yeah, Charlie I'll go Day. over the good stuff that I did enjoy about it. But um, just initial reactions here. What we're looking for. I um, thought this episode was great. You guys are a bunch of haters. I enjoyed really, it, but it wasn't really my favorite. To the, and you're mean to each other, and uh, I don't think that's very neighborly. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. I look, and, and I'm not gonna say that I, I definitely don't hate it. It's just so far this episode. If we're you know if we're gonna rank this show like we, we are, I'm gonna have to put this at the bottom of, of my list so far. Mm, yeah. I don't hate it for sure. Hate you. Don't hate the show. Oh, well, that was rude. But anyways, I for sure think that uh, so far this is the my least favorite episode. And I skip over this episode time and time again. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched this episode specifically other than to do this podcast. <laughs> so like, we, yeah, might, this is- we might get in some trouble for uh, not enjoying this here because I was doing a bit of sleuthing, seeing what some fans thought about the episode. And I was very very uh challenged to find uh someone saying anything less than this sh- this episode is perfect i found a lot well, of people saying this is their favorite was they it- would be correct and i'm usually the hero of the people so i would know you're usually the most hated out of everyone on this show <laughs> i usually agree with the general public on most things including that this is a good episode there there are some good parts to it like when you realize that dennis and mac teach Charlie to get the crap beat out of him because well obviously because one it's funny but also because teaching him to fight would be too much work so it's just easier to teach him to take a beating like they could have taught him to fight Charlie Day right that's his that's his real life name yeah um deserves an Oscar for his performance of mood swings he took that literally like too literally and that's why it was so funny (laughs) he was foaming at the mouth eating his sandwich you just uh eating his sandwich i think is is one of the better scenes in season two which kind of makes it a shame that i don't think i'm going to give this much higher of a score i don't know maybe i'll get my opinion changed from the dish of the day here if you've ever been to a boxing gym the banter between frank and the other italian guy is spot on yeah in, in very small instances, yeah, I could see that. Don't get your panties in an uproar. That's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Are they supposed to just? I feel like it's supposed to just kind of be like the movie stereotypical boxing guy. Like, hey, what you doing? You fighting in here? We don't fight in here. We fight in there. And then he like points to the ring. This entire episode is them just deconstructing all the stereotypes that we see of fighters and boxers throughout all the movies. You know, because. Including like the stereotypical rival just yelling obscene, stupid things at you. We have the old man, Burgess Meredith, you know, in the back behind them all with the the beanie on. There's so many things in this like episode that they're just trying to deconstruct. Pardon? You knew the old man's name, the guy who didn't say anything. No, no. Um, if you've ever seen Rocky, that's exactly what Rocky's trainer looked like, and the actor who played Rocky's trainer, his name was Burgess Meredith, and he was just. You know, this like frail old white dude with like a black beanie on top of his head. Burgess, Burgess Sturgill, uh, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. 
Burgess Meredith. Oh, see. People would his legacy. That's a, they would have known his name like 30 years ago. And they even get in the montage from uh, Karate Kid. They even get in, you're the best around. That's, that's my favorite part of this episode, and that's why I feel like I can't give it that good of a score if, like, that's the highlight of the episode for me. Like, Is don't get me wrong. It's a workout it's montage. montage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original title for this episode was actually going to be Sweet D Does Steroids. And I think I actually might have liked the episode better if they would have gone for that path. I, I get what they're doing with $100 Baby. Like, oh, she's not million dollar. Yeah. She's $100 Baby. Yeah. But I'm not. I think Sweet D Does Steroids would have been a much better title. I, I agree. Know. Yeah. We've never seen Million Dollar Baby, but do we at least know, like, what happens? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure everyone understands the neck-breaking bit. Yeah, I've seen Scary Movie 4. They're neck-broken in the movie. Uh, I think Clint Eastwood, and I think he really actually got his neck broken in real life to be in that movie. No, I don't think it's Clint Eastwood at all. I really don't think you've even seen the trailers for this movie. (laughs) It's It's, a a female. one about the Cold War? No, that's Rocky Four, <laughs> but only, but only like thematically, not Once directly. Again, the dish of the day is confusing his life for the plot of Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> we also see uh, the original Hitler painting in this episode. Yeah, so there's there's a handful of reasons I think to like this episode. I'm not gonna start, you know, saying it's amazing like I was talking about Dennis and Digo on welfare. You know, I think this episode. Like a lot of what we've talked about, I think this episode probably just has a lot of those. I mean, I guess not hidden gems, but just like a lot of just cool things about it that granted it doesn't make it my favorite episode. But like there were still a lot of, like you said, just interesting things about this episode that weren't funny to me, but important to the show itself. Is that the Where's Waldo of the show? How many original Hitlers can you find? <laughs> Jesus. Well, it sets up the continuity. We don't know it's an mm-hmm. original Hitler yet. I do appreciate continuity. Uh, rewatching this episode, uh, again, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I, I kind of really forgot about it. But like, And talking about it now, I come, like, I'm really, although I didn't find it so funny, I still liked it, and I really now appreciate like the Burgess Meredith cameo, quote-unquote cameo. And I, I really appreciate the the Hitler painting because I didn't notice that. You didn't? No, no, I didn't. No, I, 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 I noticed it when I watched this episode, but when I first watched it, I never noticed it. I don't know. It's just, and I don't know. It's just one of those simple details that every time I watch the show, I'm like, okay, wow, they really do put a thought into the set. They really put a thought into continuity. I wish that we could get. Um, I'm. Hopefully at some point we'll be able to get someone from the show on here to give us a, a deeper insight into the show. But I would like to know if we could get uh, Charlie Day or someone who wrote this episode or future episodes on here, whether or not the original Hitler or things like that in the show, whether or not that was intentional, you know, did, they, did they plan for that to be a set piece mm-hmm. a story piece mm-hmm. later or were they just like, Hey, this looks funny. Let's give it a story. I wonder how many yeah. plots for like a TV show or a sitcom just happened because like the writers were just messing around in the prop department for their episode or their show and being like, well, have we written a story about this random tchotchke on the show or something? I mean, I wish I had a specific example to give right now. But Futurama. I, well, Futurama I, well, does well, I was going to say also there are times where 
you'll see in like the the first season of a show where after you've mm-hmm. seen the whole time where you rewatch it like something mm-hmm. doesn't make sense like in the first season you can tell they weren't planning anything past a certain season so like later on there's like errors in it or like flaws in the story i think how i don't do- know a lot of shows that do it but i've definitely noticed some that have how does futurama do it in season one, when Fry or the very first episode when Fry goes into the future, um, oh my goodness, I'm totally blanking on the cute, adorable creature's name. Nibbler, Nibbler, Nibbler. <laughs> you can see his shadow under the desk, and you know later in the series when you find out Nibbler's uh, whole history yeah. and his story and everything. All right, that's coming back to me now. I remember that. So I think it really, really adds a lot of quality to a show, especially when you got kind of a silly adult show like Futurama or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where you need to have the serious continuity to, to back up the writing, as, as if the writing doesn't speak for itself, I mean, you know. That may be because I think people, when it comes to, I remember sh- I, I, lo- I watched the show Lost when it was popular, and um, everyone gave that show that show a lot of crap because they were like are you just making up the plot as you go along but in that kind of show people expect you to have everything put together and everything planned out but in, you know in comedy shows people don't so that's why when it does work out and people are people are pleasantly surprised when those details come up and people can the latch easy response on. is no they're lost are you making this up as you go along uh, no they're lost uh see that see if they leaned on that, that that would have been respectable. People would have gotten a lot, been a lot happier with it, I guess, if they like took that line, made that joke. When we come back, we have some numbers that we are going to throw at each other. Uh, the dish of the day is going to convince us maybe to give a higher score. We're going to try and convince the dish of the day to give a lower score. It's going to be fun times when we come back right after this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses, you five-star men and women, you. This is Rum Hammond Wild Cards, uh, season two, $100 Baby. Classic, is it not? I don't know. There's a lot of love from this one from fans, a lot of love of this one for uh, fans of Million Dollar Baby. Not so much love around here on the table, our internet reviewer here. The dish of the day is giving some more favorable opinions to this episode. So, we're going to go ahead and go through uh, some categories here. If this is your first time joining us, we're not just yelling stuff at each other, despite what that first half sounded like. We actually have some reason here. Reason will prevail. Reason will prevail! We got uh, the characters, the story, the quotes of the episode, the overall humor, and of course, the wild card spot. Uh, You can give up to 10 points for each of these categories. So that's a total of 200 points between the four of us hosts here. Go ahead and let us uh, let us know what your scores are for the episode. Like I said, hit us up, alwayssunnypod, at alwayssunnypod, Twitter and Instagram, alwayssunnypod, at gmail.com for all your rum, ham, and wild cards needs. Let us know what you think. Anyways, let's start out here with the story of this episode. We're talking about the story first. Scale of one to ten. So, story. What'd you think? Summer Shandy, dish of the day. Hit me with some numbers. Well, originally I gave the story a seven, but thinking back on it and reflecting on 
you know, my own uh, implicit biases and implicit biases of everyone around the table, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the story an eight. Uh, I like the wraparound. Um, I thought the wraparound was great, how Dee and Charlie uh, are the ones who end up getting in the fight. Uh, I like the rivalry between uh, Frankie Fasthands and uh, other old greasy Italian person. I thought that that was really good. Um, Clown Baby, I thought he was an <laughs> integral point uh, to the episode. I think the subtext behind Clown Baby is really, um, you know, fleshed out and what that says about us and who we are as a society. Um, overall, I thought the narrative was really, uh, you know, enticing. I thought it was pretty basic, honestly. Um, I, I liked the stylistic points, what you're saying about it. Like what was in it? I don't know. It just felt really basic to me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I kind of actually agree with both of you. I think it was pretty basic just because I kind of wasn't, I, I get where you're saying there was wraparounds, but I wasn't necessarily just surprised by anything that was happening. Like, just hearing what Million Dollar Baby was about and then seeing this episode, it really just, like you said, it kind of just seemed dull a little mm -hmm. bit to me. It seemed like they wanted to kind of go, ha-ha, you remember Million Dollar Baby a couple of years ago? Yeah. That was a movie. Our characters are depraved. <laughs> That's funny. Put them together. That's funny, right? And our characters are lunatics just like in Fight Club, which we don't talk about. How is that any different than Thunder Gun? What do you mean? I mean, how is our character to depraved a lethal uh, weapon with the movie here's Thundergun, Thundergun Express? Ooh, that's different. That's remake. that's them making that's them like making lethal weapon. Wait, are you talking about Thundergun or Lethal Weapon? There are two different episodes. Yes, but Thundergun is lethal weapon. I don't know if you guys didn't put that together. I, oh, I see what you mean. Thundergun uh, is a completely different episode on its own. Because that's a different storytelling style. The gang ditches each other one by one as they get to the movie mm -hmm. theater, only for Frank to call in a bomb scare. <laughs> like, Which is the Thunder Gun. Yeah. Lethal Weapon, they remake Lethal Weapon with Mac doing blackface to prove a point. Yeah. Well, they what, love what's a synonym for weapon? Gun. What's a synonym for lethal? Deadly. Thunder. Are you trying to compare Dolph Lundgren to a, a film featuring Mel Brooks and, and Danny Glover? Who's Dolph Lundgren? Lundgren gun. Oh, my God. We got a lot of work to do here on this show. Okay, so what do you guys give the story? I give it a five. Eight. I gave it a six. I gave mine a six as well. Mm. The reason I gave it a six is because... You know, I know that this move, this episode is spoofing and referencing a bunch of other stories and plots from other movie, uh, other movies. So I, you know, to me, that's not necessarily original. So I don't want to give it like too high of a score. Um, uh, but I'm gonna give it a six, just slightly above average, because uh, I still like how they started the the story. You know, they all, you know, they're all getting mugged and they all ditch D. It's a hilarious plot starter right there. Really? You thought it was hilarious? Not hilarious. I didn't laugh out loud. I really didn't laugh that much. But like, like, you know, it, it's it's definitely a good good starter for a sitcom, especially what a sitcom like this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I said, I I didn't love the story that much. That's that's my only redeeming quality of the episode was how I liked how it started. So the dish of the day moves across the country and suddenly is giving scores higher than anyone here at this table. 
hell hath frozen over. Characters in this episode. How do, how do we feel about them? Because I think the story really, really uh, supplements the characters and vice versa. So I actually feel really strongly about the characters in this episode. Okay. The characters were my favorite part of this episode. Mm-hmm. I think they all were themselves. I think they all played, like, they all acted very well. Like, especially you guys were pointing out uh, Charlie and D scene, which is one of my favorites, when they're both roided out and, like, freaking out. Like, that was just very good acting. It's it's um it's amazing acting and uh, Frank we're really starting to see his character in a really great way you know the misremembering his past kind of overcompensating acting like he knows everything like when it comes to weightlifting but he knows nothing yeah not even close and that's why I give the characters a seven ooh I wouldn't gave him an eight yeah I gave him a seven also. I gave it a six. Uh, I originally gave it a five, and you guys... Uh, what? Yeah. Wow. And I, I originally gave it a five, but you guys you know, made me put my point up a little bit. I didn't really think about it the way you guys Why did. Why do you hate every episode of this show? Uh-huh. You're fun. You're funny. You're very funny. This might be the one that I like the least. And I wouldn't say hate. I would just say like the least. You would never say hate about this show. I don't, I don't think any of us would say we really hate any episodes and of this show i i definitely I hated gun fever no you didn't it wasn't funny <laughs> you're not funny you were peeing your pants on the floor when we watched gun fever you just wanted to hide it for the for the listeners category don't historically revisionize <laughs> behind the set it's alternative facts bro <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I think we all kind of agreed on characters what do we Given similar scores. Yeah, we're yeah. all basically given the same thing. Uh, I like that D's spite. They're really starting to show off that D does stuff out of spite to the guys in the gang. And that's funny to me for a couple reasons because it really helps prove that, you know, there's no main character of It's Always Sunny. It really is about the gang versus the world or the gang versus themselves, I guess. Well, they left her for dead. I would be pretty spiteful too. Well, you know. Why wouldn't you be? But I guess it, it feels like that, that beginning scene, it just felt like she's not doing it to make herself protected. She's doing it to put one over on them, which like the normal person would be like, I got mugged. I need to work to protect myself and go to the gym. But she's like, I need to work to protect Frank's, myself to get one over on these. Well, Frank assholes. says, I'll have you kick their ass, kicking their asses by next month. And she kind of looks at him like. All right. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. And they don't give it. They don't care about the mugger because he's back in the episode. <laughs> they just care about like what they can do to each other. Statistics before. Do we know how many times people get mugged by the same person in the same four day period? It's based on this episode. Definitely at least twice. What has to, what has to be wrong with you to go down the same dark alley at the same time of night in South Philly? It's I mean, it's it's Philadelphia. Everywhere is a dark alley. The whole city's a dark alley. (laughs) You get off the plane, you're in a dark alley. That's a dark alley where this country was born, okay? All right, the Constitution was written in there, probably. It's it's impossible for it to be dark because it's always sunny Ah, in Philadelphia. All right, guys, pack it up. Go home. Play the applause. We're going home. Uh, Quotes. The quotes on this episode. You mean quote? I gave... The quotes a six point five. Um, 
The Frank leg quote I use all the time whenever anyone's trying to lift something heavy or lift something yeah. in general, mm -hmm. you need to shift the weight onto your back and then just <laughs> hyper extend your ankles <laughs> and then come crashing down. Um, when people say, I'll meet you there, I usually do high pitch. Are you going to meet us down there? Yes, I'm going to meet you down there later. Uh, so just because of that use in frequently my lifestyle choice requires me to use that a lot. I put that heavily. Busting your old man's balls. You don't have to get your panties in an uproar. Oh my God. Are you standing there? Come on, move. I have that tattooed on my back. Um, that was probably one of the funniest things I've heard in a really long time. And I've seen this episode before, so. I think probably one of the most, uh, most famous ones has to be Deandra saying. You look like a Holocaust victim in pageant makeup. I will <laughs> eat your babies, bitch! <laughs> Nobody's eating anybody's baby. Yeah, I like that one. And then like just like a few seconds later, like very quietly, she's like, I'm going to paralyze this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, 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 allegedly, supposedly, uh, according to some interviews I read, uh, Caitlin Olsen said that people have walked up to her at one point or another and yelled that line. Really? Just just one of the many problems of being famous. Yeah. People will eat your babies, bitch. Oh, right, that's sure, a, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> that's a good line to get yelled at you, though. It's better than yeah, Bob Saget. People always coming up to him, they're like, whatever they ask him. Like, Bob Saget! <laughs> yeah, that's He gets too. that a lot, I'm sure. But yeah, whatever his references and sucking dick for coke, I forget the yeah. line, but yeah, he gets that all the time. <laughs> From Entourage? Like, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think it's in a... Uh, I forget what it's in. Fuck. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bob Saget yeah. podcast. <laughs> Bob Saget has a podcast. The Saget cast. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I liked a couple of those quotes. And then uh, this one is kind of more the situation, but still when they're all like. <gasps> oh, that's. Oh, oh. That looks like it stings. Oh, my God. What is it made out of? It's, it's a board, so it's you know made out of wood. Well, it's like particles. It's like yeah. harder than wood, dude. No, it's, no, it's, it's actually softer than wood. What happened, man? I, I thought know, you were... I guess I wasn't, like, drunk enough or something. Oh, yeah, you should probably be really drunk for this. Well, we should all be drunk for this. Let's get really drunk. All right. Yeah, yeah I feel you. I like that one. One of the, my favorite ones that goes right under the radar is when Charlie and Dee are about to throw down and... Oh, you're gonna die! Oh, I'm gonna You're gonna die! That was a good one too. The whole shirt awkward thing. I thought they're always trying to get me to take my shirt off. I <laughs> Just thought pop that your shirt off, Charlie. Well, the first step is getting that shirt off. Yeah, let's go ahead and get that shirt off. Sure. Why would I do that? <laughs> Shirt's just gonna weigh you down. Yeah, and Rocky never wears a shirt when he trains, so let's just go ahead and rip that bad boy off. Okay, well I think I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. You can't train and wear a shirt, dude. Pop yeah, well, it now it's becoming like this whole big thing. It feels a little gay. It's not gay, it's Charlie. Not gay, just dude. take your shirt off. Oh, why can't I just get like all excited and just like passionately like rip it off in the moment? Why can't okay, you, you know, just take your shirt off for us? Just drop it for now. It's not that big of a deal. We'll bring it up. If I can uh, give my response for this category, um, I would like no. to. No. No, thank you. No, shut up. So <laughs> here Boo. is. Here's, here's what I would like to give for this quote. Quote section, quote category, not quotes. Quotes. Um, I could only find one line in here that I I I thought was uh, funny. Every the, you know the rest of the humor was just in like visual stuff for me. But the only thing that I really liked, I, I give it a, a, a one by the way, because I can only find one quote. And it, even then, I still I I never use this quote. It's just it was funny. 
And it was here's when, to looking at you, kid. And I, th- I think, it, I think close. it was Mac who said, who said this, and he was like, well, "Let's pop that shirt off, and we'll oh start punching." Oh my god, really? Yeah, man. Can, every time I'm gonna take it off, and you jump oh, right. This is gonna be so nah, much come better on, with man. Shirt What's your off, problem? Dude? Come on, why can't you just, just take, take it, off? it off? You're ruining the moment. Let's take that shirt off and start punching. That was really the only line that got me. So yeah. I'm giving this a one. I yeah. also give it a six point five out of ten. And also, Donnie, um, I think that was half baked. It was half baked. The, the Bob Saget. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Of course, I gave it a three. So we got a one, a three, and a Jesus. pair of six and a halves. Jesus. Like literally on my sheets, sometimes I struggle to like fit quotes onto my sheets and like I just fill it up with just so many quotes and like I wrote down I think five. Dude, Shandy, I'm telling you, it's gotten weird since you moved. Like hell has frozen Yeah, we're on a dark path. Yeah. I'm with you all in spirit and whenever you're having sex, I'm there too. Now, now, Summer Shandy, I know that I disagreed with you on the quote section, but to your defense uh, with, with the exercise line, I find it so funny. Uh, whenever anyone is like describing an exercise in a completely wrong and opposite manner to someone, and they want like, like, a- like in Family Guy when he's like, "Now twist your back, like lift with your back in a twisting, jerking motion." I yep. just love that. Jerk your back. <laughs> I just love the opposite of what you should do in exercise. I someone- find that thing hilarious. And there's another one that comes up in different episodes of It's yeah. Always Sunny, usually in the restaurant. Whenever anyone is coughing. While they're eating, everybody's suddenly a fucking medical practitioner. Everybody's got a four-year degree. Look up at the sky. Hold your arms up. Cough. Drink water. Don't drink water. Like, it's just fucking the same thing with, like, when you're lifting anything. Lift with your back. No, your legs. No, twitch. Hyperextend your ankles. I'm not sure if you're confusing it with people trying to not have their food be coughed on as opposed to them trying to be medical professionals. But Summer Shady, what you're saying. Yeah, I so, think that's why people are yelling at you. I don't think they're trying to be medical professionals. I was thinking more along with the fact that it sounds like you're describing like how to stop hiccups. Like, oh, I drink water while holding my breath. I plug my nose while singing the ABCs. <laughs> like, no, there's only one proper way to lift heavy objects. Or, and it's not with your back. <laughs> or Summer Shandy, maybe you're just hanging out with people who want you dead. Have you ever considered that? Wow, that got dark. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Told you we're on a dark path out here. Ever since I don't, I don't hire hitmen. I just make friends. <laughs> I leave for two seconds, and they're already trying to get me to choke on spaghetti. <laughs> Before we leave the quote section, gotta talk about it one more time. Clown baby, come on. What's see a fighter's name? Clown baby. Clown babe. Clown baby. Yeah. You mean like a baby clown? Not a baby clown. A clown bit. It's like a baby. It's like a clown that dude. is a baby. I said clown. No, you clown said, baby. You said baby dude, clown. I, I don't I'm don't saying. Yeah. Oh, oh, baby. Yeah. So funny. Baby. That is funny. Yeah. That is funny. I don't know. All right. So. He's like a baby clown. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like a cl- You know. Let's not get hung up on it. The overall humor. The overall humor of the episode is the quotes, the jokes, the visual humor, whatever you want to think of it as. How frequently did this? episode make you laugh basically mm. i literally seven. laughed wow. seven that's bold because i literally laughed out loud probably three times at the most really mm. yeah i'm giving like it three or four six and i'm being generous i'm going six but i i'm not three or four times i laughed out i'd say it's a bit more than that but uh i don't know i'll, I'll put my score in between yours and dish of the day oh, i mean i gave it a four yeah it's like my official score i'll give it a six I gave mine a four as well because I felt like the humor was just below average on this. And honestly, because as the episode was going on, I was like, it's getting a little, it's picking up steam. But by the time the episode ended, I was like, 
or by, by the time it picked up steam, I was like, all right, here, we're getting laughs rolling through the, the episode ended. <laughs> yeah, it and just my, kind of does. Which and is it, fun. No, no, I love how it ended. I'm just saying that like it abruptly ended as, as like all the funny jokes, all the stuff that I found funny were picking up steam. Yeah, and I think a lot of the humor for me came from just how good the characters were acting and how much the characters were themselves. So instead of giving the humor and the characters both a five or six, I gave those points to characters, and mm. I just took the humor down to a four mm. and just gave that credit towards the characters. All right. Yeesh, so pair of fours, a five. What's your justification uh, for your seven there, Summer Shandy? Seven. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was very funny. It had me laughing a number of times. Maybe I think maybe I just love Clint Eastwood. I think is 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 the thing. Me too. And I like if, him if, a lot. But there's like if no. Clint Eastwood is listening to our podcast, you're a good director. He's a wonderful director. Um, I hope he heard that. He probably better. did. He's even better at talking to uh, empty talking chairs. Talking to a chair. Empty yeah. chairs. Have you guys ever considered maybe he was so old he actually thought someone was sitting in that chair? <laughs> he's just, he's, he's Clint, he's senile. We just kind of let him just kind of walk around. We, we give him an allowance every other week. When they got off the set. all you kids out there and Donnie were talking about the Republican National Convention from like four years ago. You're talking about it right that now? That was like eight years ago. Also, when they got off the set of Unforgiven, they had to actually tell Clint Eastwood that Reconstruction is over. He's so old. <laughs> Stupid. How many Clint Eastwood how many Clint Eastwood is old jokes can we make? Not enough. Um any 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 more love for this episode you guys want to throw because I just you know, like I said, with the sunny, as far as like building this show goes, it's a good episode. As far as being funny goes, I don't think it's a good episode. Uh Obviously, you guys just have hate in your hearts. Dish of the day That's feels opposite. <laughs> why, why, why do you like it? Hit us with it one more time. Summarize it in one sentence here. Dish of the day. Why do you oh, like okay. this episode? I got it. Uh, it's uh, funny uh, as fuck. Period. <laughs> That's fair. That's the it made why me laugh. It why not? Laughing. The, the banter, the humor, the, the back and forth, the whole clown baby. I mean, and it's classic. If you think about it, you're expecting a sitcom. He doesn't want to open his pockets at the end because he bet against his buddy to uh. lose. He was so fast. Well, you got to move around a little. That is <laughs> funny because they do that a lot. Uh, and the gang reignites the rivalry. They bet that whole plot on D failing. I don't know. Maybe I should give this more point. No, 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 no. I was too generous as it was. In fact, yeah, uh, I'm going to change my overall humor. Just five, just halfway. It, it halfway did it for me on this episode on the overall humor. Five out of ten. I will give you the fact that I think this is one of the episodes that is the opposite, that normally the more I watch it, sometimes they lose value. I think the more you watch this episode, the more you appreciate it. Cause I don't think it's just, pure hilarious it's always sunny i think you really have to like look for the good in the episode yeah Yeah, you have to appreciate it yeah that's a better way to put it and especially if you watch it over and over without ever watching million dollar baby ever once in your life you're like okay this is still funny even though i don't know what they're talking about yeah that's true too so you don't need to see million dollar baby to enjoy this episode or you do I don't, I don't know. So. I've never seen it and I enjoyed the episode. I can't tell you what to do in your personal life. That's between you and the state. <laughs> you got th- I'm just interested to see what 
things we missed and what references yeah. were just went completely over our head because we haven't seen the movie. And because we didn't grow up in the 80s. That too. That's like 90% of It's Always Sunny. This movie was made in 2004. Million Dollar Baby came out in the year 2004. So yeah. Not yeah. the 80s. No, but Rocky... <laughs> Was very eighties. Um, oh, you think they were just like referencing just well, boxing in general? Well, isn't that, that a, no? The 80, I know that in it's always sunny. Like one of the favorite things to do is reference eighties movies. Yeah. Oh know. yeah. That's just. Uh, I think theme. I know he's the way Charlie is like jumping around to fight D. That's like Kangaroo Jack. That's another boxing movie. <laughs> Kangaroo Jack is the shit. I just watched that again the other day. I'm pretty sure that's also 2004. Is it? Isn't it? Hop, yeah, no, it's in the early 2000s yeah. for sure. Um, Mama said knock you out. Mama said knock you out. Before we move on to the next category, can I can I say something? And I because we we didn't no. bring up we didn't bring up the fact that the, the whatever Frank's rival whatever his name is he looks like an off brand Belushi brother. Just one of the Belushi brothers who just didn't. Oh, quite you know make that it. was here right on my notes. Off brand Belushi brother. It was highlighted in blue highlighter. <laughs> really? I just forgot to mention. Ah, it. you forgot to mention. I forgot it. to mention it. I thought so. he was like like a, like off brand Belushi. Like there's John Jim and there's Jeff Belushi. Well, uh, they call Frank Frankie Fast Hands and the gym owner in Million Dollar Baby. His name is Frankie. So I don't. Cool. You know, that's that's probably a connection they were making there. But Frank Frankie, you know, Frank was already a character. So who's to say? Mm-hmm. Don't get your panties in an uproar. <laughs> but that if too. you do, take them on over to the... Wild <laughs> that, that transition made absolutely zero sense. But it's it's the wild card spot. This, this spot doesn't make sense. Uh, you can give as many points as you like out of 10, I guess. I don't know. We had someone gave 11, I'm pretty sure, at some point. But um, you can take away points if you feel so inclined. Ooh, that's fun. But uh, it's a wild card spot. What do you guys got? I'm going to go last. I gave it a six for wild cards um, because it's five for every movie I could tell that this episode referenced. And then, uh, and I'll, I'll list them off. There's Rocky, Rocky Four, uh, <laughs> Million Dollar Baby, Fight Club, and Karate Kid. And I'm giving it an extra point because of the uh, Burgess Meredith lookalike in the background. So six points total. What about Kangaroo Jack? I didn't catch that part. <laughs> you didn't say the kangaroo? You, the could just, you could just say it's six even. Jumping around. Uh, I gave it a six for what I counted were six individual sets of instructions that uh, Frank gave to D how to lift that heavy thing. Uh, I don't remember them all, but I think it was transfer the weight to your shoulders, uh, drop down uh, to a squat, um, put all the weight under the under the bell and hyperextend your ankles. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That was four, but there's probably some more. How to work out by Danny DeVito. You, okay, yeah, yeah six card. for Danny DeVito's P90X routine. Yeah, I don't feel like he works out very much anymore because he's like old. I don't know. I give it two meth head muggings out of ten. Oh hell yeah! For the wild card spot. Yeah, so I originally just gave it a one because this was my least favorite episode and I had no reason. But during this episode, we talked about him enough. I gave it a one because there is only one Clint Eastwood. <laughs> like no! I like that. There is only one Clint Eastwood. Alternatives, I was going to give it two dead boxers out of ten. Oh, I just kept finding twos in this episode, so I'm yeah. like, it's destined for me to shit on it. Uh, two training montages out of ten. And yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. So two out of ten for my wild card. Two people addicted to steroids out of ten. There you Hell go. Yeah. yeah. See. 
So now that we've gone through all the categories, we've thrown all the numbers at each other, we've done all the stupid, awful math, we have the list of lists every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is our 12th entry into the list, guys. 12 episodes we've reviewed so far. Let's start out with IMDb, the fan rankings that we're going off of here. What do you guys think IMDb gave this episode? 7.6. 26. 26? 26 out of 10. I think they gave it a 6.8. I'm going to change my score to an 8.2. Wait, you you said they liked it? Not my score, my guess for their score. You said that people thought... I said were, a lot of things. No, you, you said you were... <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> fucking quote you me. Said, you said you were... So, you said you were surprised that they uh, liked it. So I'm yeah, gonna give, so 8.2. I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5. No, if, it, if they said they like it and it's based on another movie they that l- everybody on IMDb watched, it's got to be at least like a 9.3. Yeah, Dish of the Day sinking with the right head. It's an 8.8. This I was is, close. I said 8.2. That's yeah. not that's extremely far off. Yeah. But that's bold. Mm. Yeah, that's uh that's what I was thinking. How many nines and tens do they have? Do we know? Like do they have a lot? There's only two episodes that are above a nine right now. Uh Mac bangs Dennis's mom and Dennis and Diego on welfare. Oh, but we've already had above. nines and tens so far. Okay. We've gotten no tens so far. Okay. But just, okay. just the two nines. That's a nine yeah. point two and a nine point one. Okay. And then sitting at the number three spot is hundred dollar baby. So that is the fan number three episode. It is not our number three episode. Let me tell you that much. Uh, This is my fourth least favorite episode now. Uh, uh, Donnie. It's my least. Donnie, this is your least favorite episode. Uh, I think that's true, though. Yeah, underage drinking and national concern is one above it for you and one above it for me as well. Adam. Adam, this is your lowest episode as well. Yeah. Do you this, think this is your least favorite episode so far, for sure? Do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah, yeah for same. sure. Yeah, I like. I think same with me. And if you guys uh, haven't been listening to the other episode reviews, first of all, go back and listen to those. But uh, what the fuck you doing? Adam's scores are generally sevens or higher for episodes, which is, I think ours are mostly six or hires. But uh, Adam, so Adam giving a 4.6 is kind of a big deal here. That's why we call him Adam the Seven. <laughs> Uh, dish of the day. This is the dish of the day's fifth favorite episode or tied for fourth with the gang gets racist. So good job there. Dish of the day. Like in this episode, agreeing with the fans, this gives us an average score of 5.4. This is our fourth to the bottom guys, which is technically the middle of the list. Still, I was gonna say what number technically is that like eight? Yeah, our, our lowest one is still Gun Fever sitting at 4.7. Charlie Wants an Abortion, 5.1. Underage Drinking is 5.2. And $100 Baby gets a 5.4 out of 10. So, not our favorite episode by far. If you want to know what our top-rated episodes are, you're not going to find out. You're going to have to go back and listen to some episode reviews or head on over to our subreddit, reddit.com r slash alwayssunnypod, where you can find the lists of lists, all the episodes on one pretty chart with all our scores. It's it's a good time. So head on over to our subreddit. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at alwayssunnypod. And again, email us alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. Let us know where you're listening from. Get a get a shout out here on the podcast. We'll send a sticker your way. Maybe we'll get some hats going soon. 
Uh, yeah, guys, it's an exciting time for the podcast. We're on the charts in Great Britain and we're on the charts in Canada. So shout out to the wildcard crew in Canada and uh, Europe. I always wanted to be famous in London. It was really specific, really specific. <laughs> out of any city, it was either going to be Cleveland, Ohio or London is where I wanted to I be famous. Yeah. You're already famous in Canada in a good way? Yeah, don't that shit. That's ne- next episode when I'm poutine. <laughs> Head on over to rumham.transistor.fm. Check out all the other episodes of Rumham and Wildcards. Let us know what you guys think of this episode. Let us know what you think of your favorite episode. Let us know what you think of season two. We'll be right back, guys, for some more great adventures with the gang on Rumham and Wildcards. See you soon, son. See you real soon. Yeah, that's going to be better. <laughs>《Rumham and Wild Cards》is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Pleggenkuhl. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Pleggenkuhl, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and the Dish of the Day. 